This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Uh, so I want to I jump into the word, but I want to pray for a quick second. If you've come prepared to give to the Lord today, uh, I, want you to, I want you to pray about giving. Uh, you can give online. You can give in person outside in the lobby, give through text or on the app. But in whatever way or form uh, you want to give, I want to pray for your giving today. Is that cool? Can we close our eyes together and let's ask God for wisdom today as we get into the word of God, as we seek God's face, as we seek uh, the word and uh, what God has to speak to us as a church uh, today. Uh, just lean in. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful morning. Father, would you speak to us through the word? I pray, God, that your power and your might will be so relevant today. Lord, I pray, God, that you will speak, that your words will come out in a powerful way, that I pray, God, that as I teach this word that you've put on my heart, as we're in a season of fasting and prayer, I pray, God, that this will be relevant to many people sitting here. And I pray, God, that this, is, this would be a word that we need as a church and families need and individuals need to propel their new year off. So we thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. We rejoice in it, God. I pray, God, for people that are joining us for the first time. Thank you for bringing them here. And I ask, Lord, that you will bless them, bless whatever they're praying for. This year, I pray it will be a blessing to them. Uh, and I pray, God, if they're, if they're looking for a church family, I pray that they will find one in this community here at Commission Church. Uh, Father, bless our giving today as we give to you. I pray, God, that you will press down, you will shake it together, and I pray that it will be running over. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen. I want to title my message this morning, Do It Again. Do It Again, okay? Now, uh, I'm, I'm going back to the passage of scripture that I read earlier on uh, when I was exhorting you uh, in Joshua chapter number three. Uh, a quick backdrop, like I said, uh, the people of Israel were under slavery uh, and under bondage and under the Egyptian rule and they, they were slaves under the Egyptians for 400 odd years. And for 400 odd years, um, they, generation after generation, they, all they saw was nothing but slavery, nothing but being under the rule of somebody, being under the yoke of a force and a power that was bigger than them. As I was praying and seeking God's face over these last couple of weeks, I was asking God for wisdom and asking God for a word uh, to share to us uh, as a church. And uh, as we will continue our series in the, in the gospel according to Matthew, but uh, I kind of wanted to get us ready over these next two weeks as we finish our fasting and prayer, get us ready for what God has in store for us. And I believe in my heart that there are great things. Uh, I believe that this next season is, is going to be powerful for your family. Uh, things that we're praying for, seeking God's face for. Uh, years and years of bondage is what the Israelites were freeing themselves of. Uh, and the Holy Spirit kind of told me that as a church, not just as a church, but as a community, as believers, there's so many things that we may be going through and journeying through that is a yoke that is unseemingly difficult to break loose from. Uh, for some of us, it might look like addictions. For others of us, it might look like uh, a bondage of, 
sin, a bondage of sexual sin, a bondage of uh, sin period. It could be a financial issue. Uh, it could be a family issue. It could be a relationship issue. But I want to pose this question to you today. What is your mountain? What is your river that is in front of you that intimidates you? Uh, intimidation is one of the biggest weapons that the enemy uses. Uh, for every promising David and the anointing that David has in his life, there is a Goliath and the intimidating Goliath that he would always have to cross in order for him to get to where God wants him to get to. In Joshua chapter number three, we read this passage where Israel is crossing the second big hindrance or the hurdle uh, in terms of a river. Uh, of course, the first one was a Red Sea coming out uh, from Pharaoh's land, and then there was the hindrance of the wilderness. To last the wilderness for 40 years is a big milestone. And then as soon as the wilderness was done, here comes the next hindrance. How many of y'all feel that way, that uh, no matter how uh, you advance in your Christian walk, all you see is hindrances? All you see is ups and downs and ups and downs, and, uh, and it gets to you. You're like, Lord, when is the season going to be done? And the people of Israel are kind of going through a very similar situation like that. And in Joshua chapter number three and verse five, the first thing that God looks at Joshua and says is, Joshua, tell the people this. If you want to go to where I'm sending you, the first thing you got to do is consecrate yourself for tomorrow and the Lord will do wonders among you. So the first time around, God looks at Moses and said, Moses, you have the staff in your hand. Go ahead and just like point the staff at the waters. Go ahead and just, 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 just point it and, and the waters will part. We see this dramatic, uh, this dramatic set of events unfold where the waters part and the people pass through, the people of Israel pass through, and it's just enough time to just get through to where the, the, the Egyptians that were pursuing them follows them into the water and the waters drown them. Now I want you to understand this, that after that situation, there's a generation that has passed, like, like I exhorted earlier, and this is a new generation a new generation that has not seen the struggle of yesterday. It's a new generation that comes with new struggles, new pains. And God is equipping them and getting them ready for this new opportunity. So they're freed after 400 years. So from, from, from the time that they, they, they started their wilderness journey to the point where they are right now between the Red Sea and the Jordan, there have been 40 years, a 40-year gap. Why 40 years? Because a journey that could have taken them 14 years has taken them 40 years because of disobedience. And God has brought them in such a long way in a, in a pattern where God was like, you know what, if you don't do what I've asked you to do, you're going to go through the, suffer the consequences of it. This whole generation that probably was, was dead, they were buried in the desert. God provides for them in the desert. This generation experienced Egypt. This, this generation that went before, the generation of the Red Sea, was a generation that, that lived in a land of slavery. And, and, they, and, and, and this, this generation that knew nothing but slavery, but this new generation was a generation that was not slaves, that were free, but yet in a wilderness experience. I, got us to, I need us to understand this. A lot of us have, have defeated generational boundaries and generational curses and generational hindrances that have stopped us from advancing. We talked about this last week. The, the demons of our parents' generation is not the demons of our generation. 
The things that our kids are going to deal with are not the things that, that, that you are going to deal with today. Am I talking to somebody? It's, it's different. It's a different generation. So although they are not in a slavery mentality, they are free but yet in the wilderness. There are so many of us that experience freedom. We experience what God has to offer to us, but it is still wilderness where it is dry, where we don't feel a complete overflow of what God wants to do in our life. And for some of us, it is God promised that 14 years ago, and, and we're like, man, God, uh, disobedience has probably made this journey longer. Things that I've done, decisions that I've made, have caused this journey to be longer. And some of us are living in that, in that situation where we're like, man, it's taken longer, but I know that God is taking me to a place of promise. I want to remind somebody today, there is promise on the other side. There is promise on the other side. Some of us need to be reminded of that today. Now, the new generation is growing up in the wilderness, and, 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 and for so many of us, uh, we need to understand that the wilderness experience is determined by us. What we do in the wilderness, like God may have led you into the wilderness, but God is waiting for you to step out of the wilderness. And, and the people of Israel are in that situation where they have a decision to make. Do they want to go into the promised land? God has promised them this land that is flowing with milk and honey, where they don't have to be slaves anymore, where they don't have to have depend on manna anymore that falls from heaven, right? So they, 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 they're dependent on God. And, and this is the thing. They're standing at the brink of Jordan, and God tells them three things. Three things, are you ready for this? And these three things are things that God is telling us to do as we start this new year off. Are you ready? The notes are on the, on the Bible app. If you want to scan that, it takes you to the Bible app and you should get the notes there. The first point is this, consecrate yourself. I want to remind somebody today, no matter what breakthrough you are looking for, no matter where you want God to take you, as a Christian, it is so important and essential that you and I understand what consecration truly means. Someone say consecration. That's what the Bible says. He says, consecrate yourself today, for tomorrow I will do amazing things. See, so many of us set our eyes on amazing things. Am I talking about so many of us work towards amazing things? So many of us want to see, um, but we don't want to put the work in. You got to understand that the amazing things is God's work, it's God's job, it's God's duty. Your job is to prepare yourself to see and be amazed by it. So many of us prepare ourselves and create opportunities and create blessings that we're not in a place to prepare our hearts and see where God wants us to be in, in, a, in a spiritual way, in a physical way, in an emotional way. And so many of us are a wreck because we're planning and scheming and all this stuff that God looks at us and says, man, the first step of consecration was not taken care of. He says, consecrate today for what I will do tomorrow. Not tell me what I need to do today so that I can do it tomorrow. He says, there's something I want you to do. And the first step is consecrate. The word consecrate simply means to set apart. It means to dedicate. Someone say set apart. Some of you are wondering, what does that mean? Uh, it means to treat as sacred. It, it, it means that, uh, that, 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 that the things that I have, I got to make sure, or my life, I got to consecrate, I got to set apart, I got to make it stand out there. It has to be different. It has to be holy. There's this understand of, understanding of holiness that surrounds this word consecration. You know, if I have to refer back to, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, uh, in the temple, there were, there, there, whatever they used 
to bring offerings and the, the vessels that they used to present offerings to the Lord was not supposed to be used for anything else. They wouldn't use it to make barbecue. They wouldn't use it to make their, their dishes. They wouldn't say, hey man, I broke my pot. Can I borrow something from the church? No, 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 that's not what they would do. They would separate all of those vessels only for God. It was consecrated. It was washed. It was, it was given to God. It was dedicated to God and said, God, this is what we will use these vessels for. It was set apart. Nobody else could touch it. Nobody else could use it for anything else. That thing was God's. Unless God said to use it, no one could use it. The other day I got super annoyed with Sonia because she used one of my knives that I only use to carve my meat. Okay, there, there's, this, there's a specific knife, a carving knife that I use to make sure I carve my brisket, I cut my brisket, I trim my brisket, and she used it to cut her cake. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, what's wrong? It's, it's a knife. And I was like, no, it's not a knife. It is set apart. It is consecrated. This can only be used by one person for one thing. Like those who barbecue will understand what exactly I'm talking about. Like we're big on certain things. Like you can't use that for something else. She tried to use my thermometer that I stick into meat for some of her like baking stuff. And I was like, stop, you can't do that. It's not allowed. Go get your own stuff. I kid, but that's what consecration means. It means I'm setting myself apart. I'm setting myself aside. My heart is not going to belong in a hundred places. My allegiance is not going to be in a hundred places. My life is not something that I distribute to this and this and this and this. I got to pick and choose what I need to consecrate myself to. It can be the world and it can be God. And God is looking at them and saying, hey, if you want to see this that I am giving you, the land that I am blessing you with, you got to set yourself apart. Like, I got to call you my people. That's how it started. But you walked away far from me. God is reminding some of us that have just taken a stroll, that have walked away, that have gone and explored, you know, greener pastures, that have gone and looked for more waters. God is looking at you and saying, man, do I have you 100%? And in this time of fasting, more than any other time, God is asking us that. Is am I getting your 100%? I encouraged you guys last week about this. I said it's so important in this time and in this season to completely devote yourself to prayer. If you're fasting, put aside all other allegiances. If you're seeking God's face, put aside everything else and say, God, you have all of me today. It's so important to give all your heart to God. That's what consecrate means. It means to treat as sacred. Are you, are you treating your hands as sacred? Are you treating your eyes as sacred? Does you, or does the world have a little bit of your eyes and does God have a little bit of your eyes? Does the world have half your heart and God have half your heart? Or are you willing to look at God and say, God, I fully surrender. I consecrate myself. I consecrate my lips. The way I speak to other people, man, is a big reflection of how I've consecrated myself. Because if you have consecrated yourself for the Lord, man, your speech will reflect that all across. Not just when you come into the presence of God and speak to one another in church. Not when you treat your church members or, or how you treat your church members, but everybody across the board. It's when somebody cuts you off in, uh, you know, in, in traffic. It's when someone cuts you off in the grocery line or someone does something that you don't like or some, somebody shoves you or, or something like that and you get really mad and upset. What is it that comes out of your mouth? What is it that comes out of you? Consecrate yourself. 
And that takes a process. Some of us, it takes a process. Like we live in an instant generation. We put popcorn into the, into, the, uh, into the microwave and what do we do? We just stand there and stare at it. <sighs> Come on now. Like we're in, we're in the McDonald's drive through lane and we're like two cars ahead of us and we're like, ah, can they hurry up already? I'm like, it's fast food. You want it faster than that? But I, man, McDonald's gets on my nerves sometimes, but... But sometimes we got to be patient with the Lord because consecration takes patience. It takes time. God works in our hearts. He says, man, you consecrate today. God says, man, I'm not doing anything today. Today, you consecrate. Oftentimes, we come into the presence of God. God, we want to do it right now. Lord, we want this to be answered right now. We want this to be open right now. God, I have five more days. God, would you open up this door? And God's like, man, am I on your timeline or are you on my timeline? Consecrate means you consecrate and you wait for God to open doors. It's not a, hey, God, I'm going to put you on my timeline. That's not what consecrate means. Consecrate means I'm going to prepare my heart. I'm going to prepare the, I'm going to prepare the way. God, I'm going to prepare my sanctuary. I'm going to prepare my home. I'm going to prepare my heart. And I believe that you will open up doors tomorrow. Because that's what God is saying. God is saying, sacrifice today, enjoy tomorrow. Consecrate today. See doors open today, tomorrow. See today as sacred and sacrificial, even though it's not supernatural. Like some of us, it doesn't look miraculous. For some of us, it doesn't look amazing or phenomenal. But God is like, just trust the process. Sake, like, like sacrifice, like make that sacrifice. Go ahead and fast. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and make that sacrifice. Like consecrate yourself. There are some decisions that we have to make in order for us to see God's glory in our lives. For some of us, it's, we're so unsatisfied with our relationship with God, with our walk with God. What do I need to adjust? What do I need to change? Here's the thing. You got to prepare for the amazing things that God is going to do in your life by giving more importance to the sacred days, the sacred opportunities. That's why as a pastor, I stress so much on being in community, being in church on Sunday mornings, making sure your children know that the Sunday morning is a time of consecration. It's one act. It's not, it's not everything. I want to remind you that. This, this Sunday morning experience that we're doing is not everything for a Christian. It's a part of the Christian life. But are your kids seeing that? Are your children seeing that? Is your wife seeing that? Are you making sure that we're praying every day? It could be in the morning or the evening. Are you bringing your kids together? Are you praying over them? Are you laying your hands on them? Are you praying? Do they understand the importance of prayer? Do they understand why you cry and pray in the presence of God? I want your kids to see you and see you in the presence of God, breaking down and being vulnerable. My talking is that that is consecration. Your family needs to see that. Your wife needs to see that. Your wife needs to know that she has married a man that is a man after God's heart. That is what consecration means. Man, I'm not hearing any amens. I think you're fasting today, but. That's the first thing that God says, consecrate yourself. The second thing is this. Verse number six, and Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Verse six, the Bible says this. And if you go to verse 13 or 14 or 15, it says, it all says the same thing, but it says, follow the presence. It's all about the presence. I want to remind somebody today, it's all about Jesus. If Jesus is not the focus of our church, of our ministry, of your family, of your life, I pray that you will understand the importance of the presence of God. This is 
powerful, y'all. He said, man, follow the ark to the promised land. That's what he says. Like, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on before the people. It's not a people go and the ark will be somewhere. We got to preserve it. We can't make sure that someone steals it. No, no, no. Just go ahead and go because it's the presence that's going to make sure that we receive what God has in store for us. Like follow the tempo, follow the rhythm of the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit leading us today? He's telling the people, don't get ahead. Like stand behind, follow a half mile behind, like stop hurrying. Like so many of us want to hurry in the presence of God. We, we, we want things to happen like that. We want to pray like that. We want to fast like that. We want to see instant, instantaneous miracles. Some of y'all will finish this 21 day of fasting and if you don't see miracles and signs and wonders happening on the 22nd day, you're going to be like, I'm not going to fast anymore. What pastor said was just false. It's a process, y'all. It's a process. It's a, it's a system that you and I, like hurry is, is an enemy to your destiny. Don't hurry yourself. Allow the presence to work for you. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. And when the Holy Spirit leads you, here's the beautiful part. He's not on your timeline. He's on his timeline. Pray for his will. Pray for his timing. That's what Ecclesiastes says. It says, in his time, he makes all things beautiful, which means he doesn't bring things to pass or he just doesn't make things possible, but he will make it possible and not just possible. When it comes to pass, it will be the very best. But are you yielding to the time of God? For God to do some beautiful, someone say beautiful things. He says, don't hurry, man. Follow the ark. See, we're trying to set times and seasons and, and seasons in, in the seasons and times where God is trying to get us to rest. And sometimes God just wants you to rest and you're wondering why God's not moving. And God's like, it's time for your consecration. It's time for you to set, I'm waiting for your move while you're sitting there and waiting for me to move. But God's like, no, 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 your move. Your move. And sometimes your move is sitting down and doing nothing. It's sitting down in the presence of God and just receiving. Your move is not seeing miracles and signs and wonders. Your move might be dormancy. Your move might be not being functional. Your move might be not being productive. Don't buy into the lie of the enemy saying that unless you're productive and unless you're useful and unless you're doing things all the time, you're not, come on, am I talking to somebody? Sometimes the lie of the enemy will tell you, stay busy, 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 busy. And God is like, rest, be still and know that I am God. And in 2023, God is reminding some of y'all to chill, to relax, to be okay with not seeing extraordinary and miraculous immediately and saying, presence of God, take over. Holy Spirit, lead. And trust me when I tell you this, if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and God to lead and you give preeminence to the presence and the power of God Almighty, He will take you to where you go in His time, in the right season, and you just got to be in there for the joyride. Everything else is your effort. Everything else is I'm trying and trying and trying and trying. And some of y'all, aren't y'all tired trying? Because that was me. I was just trying to do things. I was trying to build a church. I was trying to do, put systems into place. I was trying to do shortcuts. I was trying to do this and this and this. And God said, just be. So right now, I'm just chilling. I'm just resting in God, y'all. Because God says, here's, here's the thing. If you allow the Holy Spirit to just move, and you've probably seen a shift in how God is moving in this church, it's because sometimes leaders have to just let go and hold on to the presence. Am I talking to somebody? 
And he says, pick up the ark, pick up the presence. Stop drawing plans. Stop drawing strategy. Stop saying, if this happens, or if this happens, or if the Egyptians come back, or if the waters, just stop worrying. Stop worrying. You remember when the apostles wanted to do this and this and this and this, and Jesus was like, man, you just need to be first filled with the Holy Spirit. Like that's God talking to some of us today and saying, come on, just focus on the basics. Read up, pray up, fast up, and all the other things will follow. Mm. Holy Spirit, move. I'm going to say something real quick. If you want to write this down, write this down. The more you commit to being led by the Spirit, you will start doing fewer things well. I'll say it one more time. The more you commit to being led by the Holy Spirit, you will start doing fewer things well. Because here's what we're doing. As opposed to the culture telling you that doing 25 things together will keep you, you know, busy and successful, but it's driving you crazy all the while. But when you lean in on the Holy Spirit, he will give you fewer things that you will do well. Fewer things that you will do excellent. Fewer things that you will be super productive with. I'd rather be late in the will of God than early out of the will of God. Some of us need to remind ourselves of that. It's a trusting the process. It's trusting God, trusting the flow of the Holy Spirit and saying, if I can trust God, if I can allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. So every morning when I wake up, I wake up and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? Open the doors that only you want me to walk through today. Because in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, the Bible reminds us this, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, daughters of God. You ought to be led by the Spirit. Someone say, led by the Spirit. If you are a son or a daughter of God, be led by the Spirit. Point three, I'm going to close with this. Point three is this. Go all in. Go all in. You know what he tells them to do? He looks at them and he says, put your feet into the water. Where's the verse? In chapter number uh, three and verse number 13. Okay, the Bible says this. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord... Uh, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut from flowing. Now here's what I want you to know. This, this, this is powerful because here's, here's a message we've heard a lot. There's nothing new you're going to hear. There's no deep revelation in this, but it's a reminder this morning. Okay? Go all in before you see a change. And for some of us, it's hard because that's not what we used to. Here's what I want, I want to get across to you. Sometimes it's hard to do something new because we've been doing a certain thing a certain way for a very long time and it's hard to break that habit. This is important to understand. See, the river, Jordan, the river Jordan is usually three feet deep and 100 feet wide. Easy. Three feet deep, 100 feet. Any normal person can pick up their kid and walk across the Jordan. But in the time of the harvest, which was that particular time, where the monsoons had come, the, the, the rivers were flooded, that river was flooded, and the river that was three feet high and 100, 100 feet wide, and the, all they had to do was cross 100 feet, it had enlarged, it had become swollen. Now, that's 10 feet high and 500 feet wide. Am I talking to someone? Like, this is huge. It's big, it's scary. Like, even the tallest person among them would not have been able to cross without swimming over, and this was a Herculean task in front of them. And I'm pretty sure for 40 years, they were not practicing swimming in the wilderness. 
Because guess what? If you knew that you were going to, going to encounter something like that, what would the man inside of you say? Go take swimming lessons. But y'all, nothing. They, they didn't see it till that moment. And it wasn't swimming lessons that were going to save them. It was, a, we got to trust God in this moment. And God looks at them and he asks them, like, like, have that mental picture of whitewater rafting. And you know how those, the, the waters are so harsh. That's the picture that I want you to look at. And God looks at them and says, step into those waters. He says, walk into the floods. But God, we've never seen something like this. Why? Because in their minds, they're wondering what their parents did. They're wondering what happened to the Red Sea because of the Red Sea, all they had to do was wait and Moses, their leader, went in front of them, parted the Red Sea, it was dry ground and their foot touched what? Dry ground. So for them, this was alien. The testimonies that were told to them, what their parents shared with them, the stories that they heard was, a, hey, God made a way where there was no way. There was water and God parted the sea. So they're coming into this praying and believing that God is going to do the same thing. Oftentimes, we can be fooled by the enemy. We keep praying for the same old methods that, that worked for us before. Oh, Help me, Lord. But he says, put the ark on your shoulders, walk into the water, walk into the flood season. See, in the, in, in the Red Sea, they didn't get wet. They didn't get wet, and, but, but now he's asking them to do something bold, something brave, something that he's never done before. And this is exactly, this reason is why many of us will never have breakthrough in our lives because it may have worked once, but it necessarily doesn't need to happen the same way again. It could be another method. Like some of us are standing in front of that impossible situation and we're just, we're just waving wands at it. Part. And God's like, that, that's, not, that's not what I told you to do. See, if you were sensitive when I was talking to you, you would know what to do. See, Joshua took the time to go into the presence of God and listen. He didn't say it worked for J Moses. The anointing is upon me and I can say it in the name of Jesus. Just because you're saying it in the name of Jesus, if you ignored what he told you right before you got there, every equation is not the same. Every problem doesn't have the same equation. It's not going to get you the same result. Algebra will teach you that. You have to use specific equations and specific formulas to achieve the result that you need. And God is looking at them and saying, those formulas are revealed to you, revelations are revealed to you when you submit yourself to consecrating yourself and listening to the voice of God. You cannot get to point two where you're all in. So many of us cannot be all in to what God is asking you to do because you have not listened in the time of consecration. You were busy watching Netflix when you had to sit in the presence of God in prayer and devotion. You were busy gaming when you were supposed to join the other people in that Bible study group. Something else took your time. Ooh, I'm stepping on some toes. It's okay, I'm preaching to myself. I'm not preaching to y'all. But it worked before, pastor. So some of y'all are walking up to your spouse with that staff and just like, you're praying for them and you're like, God's like, it, it worked last year, but it's not going to work again. All along, God's like, I need to change you, not your spouse. But you're like, whoo, and your spouse. But if you had listened in the time of consecration, God would have told you that it's your heart. 
Some of us are going up to our kids and waving our staff frantically. God, it worked yesterday. You're the same God who never changed. Same God of yesterday. Why won't you do it again? God's like, are you listening to what I'm trying to say? Yes, I want him to do it again. And he's a God who will do it again, but it's not the same formula. And I'm going to show you through the scripture. It's not the same formula. It's not the same way that it's the same God, but not the same method. Am I talking to someone? It's not the same. It's, it's not the same way. The God of Elijah is the God of Elisha. But what Elijah did may not be duplicated by Elisha. Everyone has a specific anointing. And unless you're in tune with the wavelengths of heaven, you will never understand what God is asking you to do. So God's like, man, can you be all in today? Can you be all in today? Because every time he healed the, the blind, he healed the blind in the Bible more than he healed any other sickness or disease. And every time he healed the blind, do you know that he healed it different ways every single time? One time he spoke, one time he touched... <laughs> The other time he was like, let me change it up. Let me just spit. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, what are you doing? He's like, it's not the same method, man. Sometimes we have more faith in methods than the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have more faith in methods than the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is reminding us, stop depending on methods. But, Father, but, but Pastor, three days is all I fasted for last time and I got my miracle. So I don't need 21 days. What? Fine. Are you asking God if three days is, is good again? If God told you three days is good, go ahead and do three days. But it's not methods that's going to get you to the other side. It's not a system. It's not a, this dry ground worked for me yesterday, so it's going to work for me again. Go all in. Some of us need to just put our feet in. But pastor, there's water. But pastor, that's a, it's flood time. Pastor, I may sink. Pastor, you have no idea. Like, do you? No, no, I, I, I know. I exactly know. But if he called you to it, he will take you through it. That's, that's also what I know because that's what the word tells me that he'll do. And I want to remind you something today. It might seem intimidating. It might seem impossible. It may not be something that you're ever used to. You've never seen this devil before. You've never seen this Jordan before. But God says, go all in. For some of us, it's a, I'm not going to start tithing and giving to the Lord and I'm not going to give my money till God blesses me financially. If that's your mentality, you will never give to God. I want to, I want to write that on paper. Never will there be a season where you will give to God. And guess what? That's between you and God. You'll learn the hard way because I did. If that's you listening to me, that was me. I held on to my money so close to my heart because I was like, why does God need my money? But when I had to teach myself and say, this belongs to God, so why don't I? When I had to give up my kids and control of my kids. So for some of us, it's a serving issue. For some of us, we just need to go all in serving. For some of us, you just need to get plugged in. For some of us, you just need to be all in to a life group. And, and, and some of us, it's that all in to Jesus, that relationship. Like you've been flirting. You're like, oh yeah, I like Jesus. I like his teachings. I like him. But God's like, no, all in. I want all of your heart. Consecrate. Stop expecting the miraculous and stop expecting me to do awesome things. God, I can't wait to see the awesome. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? 
For some of us, it's all in, in in the next step. What's your next step? Someone say, next step in my walk with Christ. What's my next step? For some of us, it's the first step. It's the saying, Jesus, come into my heart. For some of us, it's the next step after that is, a, Lord, I just want to follow that up with your command, which says, be baptized. So I'm going to be baptized. Some of you all need to make a decision to identify with Christ and say, I'm all in, God. I've been shying away. I've been, I've been, I've been flirting with this, but I'm all, someone say, all in. And it's scary because as you walk into the water, it gets deeper and deeper. The Bible doesn't say as soon as they put there, because that's what we think, right? I, I'm taking the step of faith, God. Day one. Ooh. God, it's not still disappearing. I thought it would just like disappear. For some of us, it's going to take more steps than that to where it's literally going to scare us. Because waters are up high all the way and they're like, Lord, what do we do? Are we still carrying this, this ark? Is this ark going to come through for us? Do we have to put the ark on the ground and walk on it? Do we come up with our own methods? What are we going to do, God? Man, it's scary. I agree that it's scary. Sometimes it's going to be scary. But in that time, what are you going to do? In that time, I have to remind myself of what God did yesterday. That even though I'm in a different situation, a different formula, a different equation, if he did it yesterday, he can do it again, y'all. But pastor, you know, I understand, but it's a different situation. Pastor, yeah, the Egyptians were behind them last time, but the water is on us this time. But as they walk in and go deeper and deeper, this waters slowly start to subside. The things that used to scare them, the things that, the same thing that was intimidating them and wanting them to drown are, are, is the same water that is going sideways and is about to dry up. And the Bible says three million people begin to cross the land. And as the waters dry up, he says, build a memorial, build a altar. Why are we building an altar? Man, we just need to run. No, 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 no. Sometimes in your miracle, you got to pause and just say, thank you, Jesus. Some of us need to pause and give glory to God. Some of us, in the midst of our joy, in the midst of our blessing, we forget the people that God used to bless us. We forget the opportunities that God created. We forget. Some people just forget to go to church after that. I got my prayers answered. Peace out. No, no, no. He stopped and he's like, let me build an altar here. Why? Because tomorrow, your kids are going to come back right to this spot and they're going to ask you, what is this all about? And you're going to remind them, he will do it again. Chris, when you're going to go through something hard with Micah, you're going to bring him back to that same spot and say, you were too young to understand this kid. I was carrying you on my shoulder, kid. But I want you to, I want to tell you what happened. It happened for my father and my grandfather, but you have no idea. That same God, he came in a different way, but he did it for me. And I want to remind you, we're going through this as a family. You're going through this, son. And I want to remind you, the same God who did it yesterday will do it again today but for some of us it's a a doubt you know when Jesus calms the storm he's in the boat in the sea you know what God looks at them and says Jesus looks at them and says man don't you remember the bread and how I multiplied the bread like you of little faith don't you what is he saying I will do it again but you know what a skeptic asks? But God, that was bread. <laughs> you, 
know what a faithless will say in that moment? Even though it's God looking at you and saying, will I do it again? You're like, but God, that was small. That was, that was nothing. That was bread. Like, do you know what the situation is right now? Like, that was bread. Like, apples, oranges, Lord. Like, God, don't you know that? Like, how would you even compare bread to the storm? But God, that was a headache two years ago, Lord. That was a migraine. We're talking about a cancerous tumor right now, God. Like, Some of y'all have the audacity to stand in your Jordan and you think just because the waters are up at your ankles and at your chest, you're, you're, you're like, man, this is a life nobody has ever been through what I'm being. And God's like, I'll do it again. In a heartbeat. The same God that was is the same God that is. The same God that is is the same God that will always be. Your, change, your situations may change. Your challenges may change. Your addictions may change. Your thorn in the flesh may change. But that doesn't change my God because he is still on the throne. He is the victor and not the victim. And because of that, you will never be the victim. You will always operate from a point of victory, not from a point of defeat. So I want to remind you today, the same God that was is the God that will be. God, I, I lost a job when I was 17, but didn't I provide for you? No, God, but this is my career we're talking about. Job, career, but I did, did I not do it at that time? Like you're scared about tomorrow? Bro, I got you. Consecrate. Do what you got to do. Oh God, that was a college relationship, God. That was, that was nothing. I got, the, I got over that like in six months. But, but this is my marriage we're talking about. I can never recover from this. Same God. Someone say same God. But Lord, that was somebody else's kid that we prayed for in church. This is my kid we're talking about. I'm taking this personal. Like why God, my kid? Same God. Different formulas. But God, that was somebody else's addiction. I didn't take too much thought into that. That was somebody else's sin. Same God. Same God that forgave is the same God that will stand up for you. He will do it again. What do you stand up to your feet? For some of y'all, if you're like me, I want the water to part before I even step out. That's me. Because that's easy, y'all. It, it takes little faith. Or okay, faith. All of us can manage to do that. Got it. It's kind of scary, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. But it takes more faith to say, I'm just going to step into it, Lord. Some of us, we don't want to wade into the unknown without seeing where it's going. I want to see it to believe it, Lord. Joshua knew the plan. Joshua heard from God, but him, like everybody else, saw the same water. But you know what faith does? Faith gives us the ability sometimes to see right through mountains, to see right through difficult situations. When I pray for people, sometimes I, by faith, I declare to them, you're healed. I see you healed in my heart, in my, I, I see that you are going through breakthrough. Today, God is reminding somebody. And I watched Frozen way too many times by now. I have three girls and two girls that love Frozen. So I, I could probably quote not just from the two movies, but all the other spin-offs that's come out from Frozen. 
You know what I'm talking about, Robert? Like we know the, the words at the back of our head. And there's this, in Frozen 2, Anna has lost her sister and her best friend and she's singing. And I'm, I'm not gonna sing. I'm not gonna do that to you. But she says, just do the next right thing. Take a step, step again. It's all that I can do to do the next right thing. And sometimes life is like that. Some of you are like, frozen in my life? Like, what? Same God. Same God of Anna is your God too. Some of y'all needed to hear that today. Some of us need to trust. Some of us need to give in. Some of us need to let go and say, God, you know what, 2023, I'm going to decide to have more faith, God. I'm going to be able to see with so much more clearer vision. I want to see some of us go to the next level and not walk with Christ. But you can't unless you go through step number one. Some of us are trying to wade through step number two and three without even crossing. Consecrate yourself. Let's go. Consecrate yourself. And I want to spend some time in prayer. And uh, as we spend some time in prayer and worship, I want to pray. I want to bless you. I want to, I want to ask God to guide you and lead you this, this, this week, this this season that you're going through as y'all as y'all are travailing through this season as y'all are probably going through some kind of pain and a challenge I want to ask God to do it one more time thank you for listening we love bringing you the word in so many different platforms we are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us we'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out and don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you